So I'm speaking with composer Ann Nicotin. Uh, Ann's talents as a storyteller can be heard in scores like The Imposter, The Beautiful Fantastic, Chuck Norris vs. Communism, and recently American Animals, which uh, features Ann Dowd, Evan Peters, and Blake Jenner. Uh, American Animals will be premiering at Sundance this year, and it reunites her with director Bart Layton. Ann, thanks so much for talking today. Thank you very much for having me. So to start, I'd love to kind of know how kind of your story began. When did you discover, you know, your love for music? And at what point in your life did you decide to make it a, a career? Um, well, I've loved music my entire life. Um, I was a little bit obsessed with it, even as a little kid. Um, not just listening to music, but um, making my own music, sort of singing into tape recorders and writing down music. Um, it, even though I couldn't read or write music at the time, I kind of invented my own way. I was um, about eight. And then through high school, I was taught myself guitar badly, but I taught myself. <laughs> and I would um, sit in my bedroom with friends and we'd write music and we kind of wanted to be in a band. Um, and then um, I watched a film called The Piano by Jane Campion when I was a teenager and I right. listened to Michael Nyman's score. And it was the first time I paid attention to film music because I was suddenly completely absorbed in the story and the music as one entity. And I thought, oh, that's really interesting. That's what I want to do. So um, I did a degree in composition at McGill University in Canada, which was more avant-garde, but um, it was good fun. And then I went to the Royal College of Music in London where I did a um, film music course and then thought I would get my dream job straight away, <laughs> writing music for film. Didn't quite work out that way. It was um, many, many years till I got my first commission, um, and that was through winning a BBC competition. Oh, wow. So very, very lucky. Um, and since then, it's been a snowball effect. I've been very lucky. It's been great. Right. So, I mean, just getting your foot in the door is probably the, the hardest part, but once it's open, you're kind of able to get some more work coming in. Absolutely. Getting the foot in the door was really tough. And um, I get so many emails from young composers asking how they how I did it, how they can do it. And I really feel for them. It was such a painful struggle. And you've just got to keep going. And, um, you know, also for my parents who were despairing that their child wanted to be a musician. Right. Um, I think they were <laughs> very relieved when I finally got a job. Absolutely. Um, I mean, so yeah, I mean, you have such an incredible body of work, but let's talk about um, American Animals, um, which uh, you worked with uh, director Bart Layton on The Imposter. Um, so when Bart reached out to you to, to get involved, like at what point in, in the process did he reach out to you and kind of what were those initial conversations about that you had of what the music, the musical goals were going to be for the film? Um, well, after The Imposter, he kept mentioning this new idea he had. So I kind of felt he might ask me back. Um, and then he sent me the script in sort of the mid to late stages of writing it. Um, and so that's when the conversations started. Um, and so he brought me on very early on, which was great. And um, I read the script and completely fell in love with it. It was just the most vibrant and absorbing uh, plot and the way he told the story and the genre as well that he's been exploring sort of um, a mix between documentary and drama again but pushing the limits right. so I just felt very excited to be back on board with him 
and knowing the way he works and um, and I just loved The Imposter. I thought it was such a beautifully crafted film. I knew this one wouldn't um, be a disappointment. Right. And so when, you know, when it was, I think it was a bit of a gap between Imposter and now. So did it feel like picking up where you left off when you started working with him? Or did the collaboration differ at all? Because, you know, last one was a documentary, kind of like a proper documentary. And now this is, you know, kind of a fixed narrative. Yeah, um, it kind of did feel like we'd picked. I also do a lot of work for his company, Raw. Oh, right, right. Um, so he's uh, he exec produces a lot of the series that go out that I tend to score. So I kept bumping into him. So we've kept a relationship going. Um, but uh, yeah, this one, when we met up for the first time after reading the script, he said, "Okay, this is like the imposter, but in a you know a different direction now, a more extreme direction, more drama." Uh, more action, you know, are you ready for it? And I said, yep. <laughs> for it. So uh, we both knew it was going to be a different kind of challenge. Um, but we worked so well together on The Imposter, I I thought, you know, it would be a similar experience. And it was. It, it was more intense, I have to say. And um, he, he's the kind of director who is just brilliant he's bold with his filmmaking he's a, a real visionary um, but he's also tough on you and he doesn't let anything go he's got an incredible eye and ear for detail and he likes to experiment and exhaust all the possibilities before he's going to let anything go right. or accept anything so in some ways it was extremely tough um, exhausting tiring um, but in other ways, um, it really pushed me, and I'm really grateful for that. And he's also very gracious when he asks for <laughs> demanding changes. So That's you good. can't say no. You can't get angry. <laughs> um, so kind of walk us through your process on this film. Uh, where did the kind of the first note come from? Where what did you try to absorb and take in from the film uh, before that first note kind of pops out of your head? I mean, you, you were sent the script early. Is that kind yeah. of where your process starts, or where do you normally kind of begin? Well, um, every film is different. You know, you hop on board at different stages depending right. on the director. But for this one, um, we both knew this would be such a challenging film that he wanted me on early, and I really needed that time, it turns out, in the end. Hmm. Um, it was such a complex film, um, so many layers, different types of mood. It ranges from humor to drama to tension um, and then there's the genre, the crossover between doc and drama that we had to sort of, we had to weave the documentary in seamlessly so you wouldn't jolt the audience out. So music had to help with that process. Um, and then he's um, he gives all these nods to um, old movies as well in the film because American Animals is sort of a, a movie within a movie. And so we had to play with that idea. So... Um, so I did have, for the first time ever, I had a terrible brain block at oh, the wow. beginning of the process. I was so nervous about trying to compile all of these different ideas and genres. And we, we both knew it would be such a mixed bag of music. And then having to make a homogenous kind of score so it didn't sound bitty or disparate, that was a real challenge. So we listened to a lot of music um, you know current film scores old film scores um we were just forever sending each other tracks that we thought you know would work um you know styles of music and um so uh, i ended up just having to just write just brain dump 
and a lot of it got thrown away and a lot of it became themes and I was able to develop. Oh, wow. Um, was was finding, because you talk about all these different genres and different, mm-hmm. um, was finding the right tone a challenge? I feel like that would have been a difficult thing on this movie if you're weaving between genres and styles of doc and was tone kind of a, a challenge at all? You're absolutely right. Tone was a big challenge and um, not just for me, but for the editor as well. Yeah. I was working very closely with the with the edit suite, we met very regularly and would watch things and listen to things. Um, so at first, you know, that tonally we all went very dark. And after the first screening, we all knew it was just too dark. And as a result, it was a bit slow. So then, you know, the notes came back, make it funnier. So then <laughs> it was the other extreme, you know, it was too funny and too light and it wasn't right. So it was definitely finding that balance, which um, took a, a long time, but I think we've we got there. I feel we. Got. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, at the ever, I mean, you encounter a lot of challenges on this. What was the most rewarding part of the process? Uh, the last day in the dub, <laughs> finishing it, <laughs> being able to say you've been finished, <laughs> being able to say I got through it. Yes, no. It, um, it, the most rewarding, I have to say, was recording it um we recorded at abbey road and i used the london contemporary orchestra um who are just the most amazing orchestra it was they were completely fitting for the kind of music i was writing which um adopts sort of avant-garde techniques and a lot of the string writing so i worked closely with them and um and spent a day just recording strings and some brass and woodwinds in abbey road and just having a great time with those guys. That's amazing. I mean, as a composer, what does it feel like? like what, what, what kind of emotions go through you when you kind of hear your music played out, you know, kind of coming to life, you know, from your head and coming into the air? Yeah. Um, interesting question. A lot of emotions. Uh, I'm sure it's different for everybody, but, right. you know, there's it ranges from shock because it sounds so different. You, <laughs> you're so used to the demos that you've um, been listening to for the last few months. Right. Um, and then there's, but then you get into it and you, um, it's very rewarding. It's exciting, Absolutely. especially if they play it well, which they did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If they played it not so well, it would have been a problem, but yeah, I think you had a good team. <laughs> exactly. That could be a disaster. Um, so kind of in general about your process and approach, not specifically maybe for just American, um, animals, but, um. Uh, when you're kind of watching, even if you're just a, a viewer, even if you're maybe you're not even working on the project, what kind of like, I guess, what do you gravitate towards to about a film the most? I mean, it's going to be a combination of things, but is it maybe like uh, the plot in general, the kind of the, the central idea of the stories, the characters and their personalities, the cinematography? Is there anything that kind of like mm-hmm. speaks to you as a storyteller more and that kind of informs your process? Yeah, um, I think it's all of the above. Yeah. I, uh, for me, it's I suppose I'm noticing it's the mood of a film. So I'm really drawn to moody kind of films, atmosphere and cinematography, plot definitely. But some of my favorite films um, lately have been Drive and Lost in Translation and um, the the original Blade Runner where Mm. you're just sucked into the atmosphere and you're absorbing all the colors and the mood and... It's um, it's just a, it's a journey that I really enjoy. Absolutely, and um, and you've also scored an amazing array of you know doc series and feature docs, and and this movie kind of blends documentary into it. Uh, does scoring a documentary differ at all from scoring a fictional narrative? I mean, do you approach it differently? Does the fact that it's 
a real you know it really happened does that add any more weight to the project that's a really interesting question um it's something that's been a bit of a bugbear with me and a lot of my composer friends that there's um a stigma with people with when it comes to documentary and drama mm -hmm. and how if you're writing documentary music you can't possibly be able to write drama music and it's the same for directors and editors um i think things are changing now there's a lot of hybrid, there's a lot of um, people interested in documentary. Um, but, uh, yeah, I have had a, I have had this said to me, oh, well, if you're used to writing documentary, you couldn't possibly do my drama, which really <laughs> made me oh, God. Yeah. Because I don't approach it any differently. Um, so, I mean, I started off writing music for drama docs, um, like a series called Locked Up Abroad, mm -hmm. which is series and it's been on for 12 years I started doing that and it's very dramatic it's got all the twists and turns it's high action it's emotional it's got everything in it um, and you you're as a composer your job is to quickly you know um, intensify the action and then go straight into emotion and there's these quick turnarounds with the music and it's very challenging so I almost found these drama docs harder than straight dramas wow, in many yeah. um and no i i don't approach it differently i i approach every film in the same way which is to work with the director and, and enhance the drama that's there well, and, that's, and the emotions that's amazing yeah because i've been noticing i mean I've, there's especially with netflix and you're getting more documentaries kind of into your field of view and and I've been watching a lot more and I've noticed just scoring because, you know, sometimes composers will take a reserved approach maybe and just be like, oh, it's, you know, you can't be too manipulative. But I've noticed that the, the ones that I really gravitate for to were the composer that really treat it like a like any other narrative and just kind of be thematic, be bold and kind of be a composer and make a score. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think you're right. You do have to be careful that you're not overbearing right. in documentaries. But at the same time, you have to... Um, give it the same treatment as a drama you know these are real life dramatic stories with these emotions and um they deserve the same sort of treatment i think right absolutely um so kind of overall in your opinion what makes just like uh, what makes a score successful in your view as a composer working in the industry oh a successful score <laughs> um <laughs> uh I think working with the director is um, definitely the most important thing. Working to the brief mm -hmm. um, and not being precious about your music. I think it's very important to to have your voice in the score and stay true to yourself in your voice. But you also have to work to a brief, and you, it's a collaboration process. Um, and so you've got to be willing to make the changes that are necessary for the greater good of the film, even if it you feel it's ruining your piece of precious music. <laughs> um, right. It's probably better for the film. Um, so you have to help the director realize his or her vision. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that key relationship is such an integral part to it. And and finding a, yeah. a director that can work well with a composer. And, and, you know, there's so many different types of personalities out there. So it's not always a match. But, it, I mean, yeah. when, when it's... <laughs> It's not always smooth sailing, definitely, <laughs> but you, you try and make it right. <laughs> as smooth as it can be. Um, and also, could you talk a little bit about your experience, you know, about being a female composer in a field that is 
you know, of course, mostly dominated by men and how, the, you know, this issue is kind of gaining more traction and attention recently. And not just with the, you know, the sexual assault stuff that happened last year and this year, but just diversity behind the camera and kind of these creative roles and, and your experience, uh, you know, being a professional in this field. Sure. Um, I think it's very, very exciting times for, for women um, in Hollywood and female composers, definitely. There are so few of us, and I really don't understand why. Um, I myself have never suffered any prejudice that I'm aware of. Um, I've been able to work consistently for 15 years, and directors and everyone on the crew have, have always treated me just as a composer, right. which I love. I don't want to be seen as the female composer. Right, exactly. um, I want to be seen as a composer. Um, so having said that, I do feel like it's very puzzling in places like LA where I have looked on agency books and there aren't any female composers. There's a few, but um, I was quite shocked when I went to LA about the feeling that I got there. This was some years back now. I think things are changing. Um, and, um, it's, it's tricky. I mean, I, I went for a job interview recently where they were, they required a female composer hmm. and I wasn't sure how I felt about that. I had mixed feelings. I, you know, first I thought, great, well, you've narrowed it down. I have a better chance of getting the job. Right. I, it didn't really sit right. Um, I, I can understand why they're trying to promote women through this way. Um, you know, maybe this is the way to get more female composers on board films. But for me, I feel like directors should be able to choose who they want to work with, especially as music is a very, very personal thing for a director. Absolutely. And I didn't want to impose my, myself on a director just because he needed to choose me because of my gender. Um, so that's, that was, that's a bit of a tricky line for me. Um, especially since I don't want to be <laughs> thought of as the female composer. Right. So and I, I'm, I'm hoping we will get over this hurdle. I'm getting more and more emails from young female composers, and it's really great um, to get them the brilliant, beautiful music, amazing music, and you know, versatile. And um, so I'm hoping that things will change and it'll just become normalized. Yeah, I think it's yeah, I think it's just that we're in a period now of transition and maybe awareness and. And, I, and I'm mm. seeing so many great things. And here in L.A., we've had some great concerts recently, the Women Who Score concert, and we had a, yep. the Futures Female concert. And, and it's it's and it's just getting more, I think, more perspectives and more better stories will be told, I think. So I think it'll it's moving towards a good direction. Yeah, I completely agree. I've been following that, and it's, it's very encouraging to see. Well, Anne, I want to thank you so much uh, for your time today and for chatting and kind of getting into your process a bit. It's been uh, such a, a real pleasure. So thank you so much. Uh, well, thank you for, very much for having me.